Would you like to feel more emotionally supported? How are you currently moving through your growth process in this life? Would you like to learn some ways that your loved ones can physically and emotionally support you? Are you curious about how to get to the root of emotions like shame? In today's episode on Root Awakening Health Podcast, we are talking with Maria Juswin. Maria Juswin is a heart guide and she helps star seeds and light workers discover, love, and accept their authentic selves and create lives that are aligned with their destinies. This was a very unique episode, folks, because Maria and I were both in a space when we recorded this episode where we had quite an emotional week. We had a lot of self-reflection. And I know on my end, I had a lot of emotional ups and downs on the week that we recorded this episode. Maria had a similar experience, just emotionally heavy week. So we decided to show up anyway. And out of that came this really honest, really fucking emotionally raw episode that we created together. So I'm really excited to share it with you all. In this episode, Maria tells us about how she works with her clients to help them get to the root of emotions like shame, these emotions that show up in our lives since childhood, and she even gives us action steps that we can use now to start in on this practice of getting to the root of key emotions in our lives. Maria also tells us about the hidden messages that the pandemic has for our society and our world. And she tells us how to communicate with your inner child and how to practice self-parenting. She also tells us how to set a container to allow yourself to move through your healing process and your growth process and how to ask your loved ones to emotionally and physically support you through your growing process as a human. Now, in this episode, Maria and I talk a lot about intimacy and non-sexual physical touch. This is a newer topic for me, non-sexual physical touch. I realized how much I needed it in my own life very recently, and this is one of the main topics in this episode. It's a fascinating topic. So when we say non-sexual touch, we are talking about touch that doesn't involve any expectations, and Maria says touch without an agenda. So we talk about the importance of this type of touch and how rare it can be if we don't communicate to others that we need it. And Maria and I put a big emphasis on the importance of setting the emotional tone in our relationships, meaning creating a space where you can cry for as long as you want, creating a space where you can receive touch without an agenda and give the same to your partner, creating mutual acceptance within your relationships. These are all pillars that Maria describes to us in this episode. And we also talk about showing up in your truth always, even if that looks messy and out of alignment, just how to honor authenticity in relationships. And Maria tells us about bringing who you are to dates and to a relationship. 
And on that note, Maria and I are super honest in this conversation and we communicate the fears that still come up for us personally. And we talk about stuff that we are still navigating through as we grow as well. So this just goes to show you folks, I know that it's a thing to say like, don't show up if you're not in the right vibe, cancel calls if you're not in the right vibe. And yes, that is always an option to all of us. Thank God we don't have to show up to any calls or appointments if we don't feel like we can, right? We have the power to not show up to stuff and to cancel stuff and to change our minds, right? But I think it's really beautiful that we can also still show up if we feel like showing up, even if we are not in the highest vibe, even if we are not in the happiest place, we can still show up if we feel like showing up and we can still create an amazing project. And that's really what Maria and I did in this episode. I think it's a beautiful testament to what we're capable of, even when we're not in a quote unquote good mood. So I hope you enjoy this one. I think it's a very special one. Let's get into it. This is Root Awakening, a health podcast. My name is Emily Kosick. I am the CEO of Root Awakening and a self-empowerment leader. I am here to show you what is possible. I am here to show you how to live through intuition and to be confident in doing what you fucking desire. You can follow me on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening. Root is spelled R-O-O-T. Or you can find me on Facebook under the name M-E-M Kosick, C-I-O-S-E-K. Say hi, message me. Tell me what you think about this podcast, about this episode. I'm always happy to connect with you. And I serve my clients through one-to-one support. I lead my clients to a stronger connection with their intuition, clarity about who they are and what they want, and fierce confidence in themselves. And I do this by asking my clients tough questions and giving them strategies to look at their life differently and giving them action steps to dig deeper into themselves so that they can reconnect to their intuition and break habits that they don't want to have anymore. If you're interested in working with me, you have two options. Option one, you can book a 60-minute intuitive session with me through the link in my bio on Facebook or Instagram, or you can work with me over a longer period of time. I have a three-month self-empowerment program. Ask me any questions that you have about that on Instagram or Facebook. Shoot me a DM and we will talk it out. So let's get into this episode with Maria Jeswin Heart Guide. This episode was brought to you by Primal Alchemy. Folks, Primal Alchemy knows what the fuck holistic health is all about. Primal Alchemy is a superhuman optimization brand that sells very high quality herbal supplements and carefully sourced crystals to the world. This is really the only herbal supplement and crystal brand that I trust 100% ride or die okay and i think you're going to trust these products as well chris story the owner of primal alchemy does his fucking research and is very careful about where he sources every single ingredient of his products even the herbs that primal alchemy sources are not only wild harvested but harvested in the original environment that the herb was meant to grow in which means that the supplements are that much more potent so they are not messing around folks and i have a discount code for you head to primalalchemy.co.uk and use the code root awakening to get 10% off any of the supplements and crystals you can find carefully sourced crystals pine pollen shilajit mushroom blends etc at primalalchemy.co.uk and you can look up more information about the products on instagram at primalalchemyuk
folks, we are going to have a very unique, very heartfelt episode today. I can already fucking feel it. I am with Maria Juswin this afternoon. Maria Juswin is a heart guide. She helps star seeds and light workers discover, love, and accept their authentic selves and create lives that are aligned with their destinies. Maria and I are in such an interesting emotional space today, and we just connected on that before we started recording. We each mentioned to each other that it's been an interesting week at this point, and we're really able to connect on this similar, very interesting, unique frequency today. So I'm just excited to see how this episode is going to fucking flow out. Maria has such an inspirational story. And I was just thinking today, Maria, I was looking forward to this podcast recording like a movie because it is like, I don't really watch movies. I don't really watch TV. I love to talk to people who I am inspired by. And I am so inspired by your story. I'm so inspired by how you describe things. I'm so excited that our audiences get to hear this conversation and hear more about you. So it's an honor to have you on. Thank you, Maria Jeswin, for joining us on Root Awakening a Health podcast. Oh, thank you, Emily. That was the warmest, most loving welcome I could have possibly received. I'm feeling equally excited to be here connecting with you. I love our energy together. I love our energy today. And I look forward to everything that we're going to talk about. Same. I mean, every damn word. So let's get into what brought you here today as a heart guide. I love your story. Let's fucking get into it. Tell us about how you got to where you are today. Yeah, thank you. My story, my goodness, it's, well, it's my story. So (laughs) I... Just to give you a bit of background, I came here as an immigrant with my parents. So I came at two years old from Poland. And you can imagine an immigrant's life looks a certain way. My parents struggled to make money. They left their prior careers behind. My mother was an actress. My father was in business and then needed to create a new life here in a brand new country. So very interesting energy to come into. And I was an only child. I'm still an only child. And there were a lot of challenges that came up in my household. My father was and is an alcoholic. My mother was working her butt off in the restaurant industry, bringing money in. So there was a lot of, I would say, a feeling of isolation and solitude in my upbringing, as well as a lot of confusion when it came to navigating emotions and truth and what was authentic and what was not, because there wasn't a ton of consistency. My parents did the best that they could. They loved me as much as they could, but you know, it's how the cookie crumbles, right? Mm -hmm. So I was taught and I was conditioned to believe that a lot of my personal worth and value in the world was dependent on how I looked, my external appearance, how well I did in school and work, the quality of my partner selection, and eventually bearing children, like on a very Mm -hmm. superficial level, that was my belief system. And then of course, this was reaffirmed by society. I'm sure many of you listeners can 
very much relate to this, this idealistic life that we're supposed to create. Mm -hmm. So I did it because I thought that's what would make me happy. I ended up having a six figure corporate career in, in business. I was married to a man who checked off all the boxes of an ideal man. And I say that in quotation marks and I was very focused on the superficial and the external world. And it was, I wasn't happy and I I wasn't understanding why I wasn't happy. And I remember my partner and I were trying to conceive. I wanted to get pregnant because I thought that was the last missing puzzle piece to my happiness and my fulfillment. Bring in the baby, everything's going to be great. And a couple months into my pregnancy, I ended up miscarrying and my whole world just crumbled. I couldn't understand why this one part, this, the biggest part of my dream truly from when I was a child was to have a child. And now I had been handed it and then taken, and it was taken away. So I didn't know why I didn't know what was left for me. And I ended up going to a psychic medium And she told me that this child didn't come in for a reason that it wasn't my time yet and that they would return in the future, but that there was more that I needed to do. And that was really all I needed to hear. And for whatever reason, the universe, well, I know the reason now, but the universe started to deliver all of these opportunities for me to go deeper within and also discover and dive into spirituality in a non-religious way, spirituality. And I remember going to my first moon circle and feeling like I was at home. And that was really confusing to me because my reference about moon circles had to do with, you know, witches and dark magic. And I had all of these stereotypes around it. Meanwhile, there I was sitting in a moon circle the women beside me were talking about their own children passing and abortions and things like that. So very synchronistic and it just felt right. So I dove into things. I ended up getting certified in, in Reiki healing. I went into a very deeply reflective space of peeling back a lot of the layers of who I thought I was and who I was supposed to be as well as looking at my childhood wounding and so forth and realized this whole life that I had created was, I call it like a false life. It was completely inauthentic to me, completely out of alignment with my truth and who I was. And of course I wasn't happy or unfulfilled because I couldn't even be myself within this life. Mm-hmm. And over time, I ended up walking away from my marriage because there were some other things going on in it that proved to really be unhealthy and very much similar to the energy that I had in my household as a child. I ended up quitting my corporate career that I had worked a very long time to create and was successful in. And then I moved across the country to live in a small town in the mountains to do my life's purpose full time and to get dedicate myself to that and also to 
being in exist in an existence that felt good in my body and that mm-hmm. felt true to me. So here I am talking to you now <laughs> with the gift of being able to help others do the same for themselves, but it's been a journey and a lot of transformation um, came in the process and continues to come in different ways. Exactly. Exactly. It's life's fucking work, you know, but like these transformation stories that are so like, I say these because I've had a rough background as well, had to get here somehow. (laughs) You've had quite a few challenges, had to get here somehow. We have this like bulk transition that really helps us become self-realized. And then from there, it's similar trans, like it's, it's similar types of transitions and that continues on throughout our lives. But we have this like big bulk challenge to get over. And then once we're over that hump, we're like, okay, I feel so much more self-sustainable. New challenges will come up, but I feel like I'm just more well-equipped to handle this in a way that is stable and feels healthy to me. Do you, what do you think about this, Maria? Do you, do you have a similar outlook? I love that. I've never thought about it that way as like a bulk Mm. kind of hump that we need to go over. I really feel like our entire life is one big roller coaster Mm -hmm. and there's ups and there's downs and there's, I feel like an upgrading that we do every so often. There's no right schedule to it. It's different for everyone. Maybe some people never really grow and that's possible too. Mm. But from what I see, especially right now, like through and through right now, majority of people are going through some kind of a rebirth, some kind of an upgrade, some kind of a massive shift and awakening because that is the energy that we are in and that is what is needed. So that I can very much vouch for and see and it feels also very, very true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Like everyone has their own path and there are different types of like, I don't know, like, well, it's a spectrum, I guess. I'm thinking it, I'm thinking of it as like wavelengths. There could be like a big hump at the beginning and then smaller humps because you're like, oh, anything could be better than trying to get over drug addiction. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, right. Or, or you have, you see it as this big hump, but then there's another big hump, but maybe it's big that the next hump is big, but just in a different way. Like, yeah, drug addiction was hard, but this hump is big because it's going to the next level. And I have to attack a, a, a demon that's even uh, further inside of me. I have to attack this trauma that's even further inside of me. Right. So I just, I see both outlooks. I think that's, it's such a beautiful, such an interesting way of thinking about life's path and life's journey. And Maria, I'm noticing that we're already getting into this, this, this space that we are all in right now, currently on earth. And it's something that we touched in, we touched on in the the last conference that we had together. And I would love to hear about your outlook on where we are right now as a consciousness, as a collective, and perhaps how the pandemic reflected what we need, what we need. Yeah, I would absolutely love to. So 
It's a crazy time. Everyone can vouch for that. We are going through the biggest transformation we have seen on this planet. I know a lot of people will parallel it to history and, and, and similar things that happened in the past. Like this is, this is way bigger than that. And we're at the beginning of it. So why is this happening? Clearly, I think everyone can see that we are not treating our planet very well. We are not treating each other very well. And people are generally suffering as well as our planet and the other inhabitants, the animals, mother nature, all of that. So in order for things to change and this beautifully aligns with what you were speaking of earlier there needs to be a big hump Mm. or a big shift or a big bang or explosion or something to wake you right because for me if it wasn't for my miscarriage I would have continued in the same way I always had but I had to go through something really traumatic that brought me to my knees so that I could really wake up and think, okay, wait, maybe there's another way that I can live or operate or exist. So this is what's happening on a collective level. Mm -hmm. We're receiving this, um, the big bang keeps coming to me. I'm not saying this, the world is not coming to an end, maybe as we know it, it Mm -hmm. is. And this pandemic was very much a way for us to awaken to the realities of Oh man, on so many levels, let's go into the individual level on an individual level. It's made every single one of us sit down and look at the life that we've created. Mm. If you're stuck in your home with the people you choose to live with, and you have to look at your relationship, you have to look at your profession, how you're making money how you're engaging with others, what's important to you, because maybe some of it got taken away from you or it feels that feels that way. It really makes you reassess everything. It makes you address your relationship issues on some level, whether it's heal them or walk away or whatever it might be. It makes you really take a look at <laughs> how you're making money if that even feels good, were there aspects of your job that were rewarding on some level that had nothing to do with the job itself and so much more from that. So that's on the individual level. Okay. And now let's start slowly expanding. So say you're a parent and you're at home with your children and your children are homeschooling because they have to, or learning from home through their computer Mm -hmm. and it breaks your heart because all you can see is your kids like squirming and crying and whining and wanting to pull their hair out because they don't want to sit in front of a computer screen Mm -hmm. anymore. It makes you start thinking about the education system Mm -hmm. and how children are being taught. Sure. They're not in front of computers in a classroom, but they're still being asked to sit at their desks and not move Mm -hmm. and pay attention. It makes you see and witness what is going on outside of your direct vision on an everyday or direct attention. So you might start reflecting on, okay, does this education system really work? Is this supportive of my, of my child? Is this for their highest and best? 
And then you keep looking around and you look at the decisions that the government is making. You're looking at how the healthcare system works. You're probably feeling some, some kind of opinion or thoughts on whether this is being handled well, if you feel like the, the health system can support it properly, if you even feel like what the government is telling you, you should, again, quotation marks, should do mm-hmm. is the right thing for you. And in a way, you're not even really being given a whole lot of a choice, mm. right? <laughs> So there's that piece. And then you are also seeing the policing that's being, and there's, you know, there's the pandemic and then there's a whole bunch of other things also going on in the world, but Mm -hmm. in the theme with the pandemic, and then you, you're noticing the policing system and the legal system being spent on managing people within this pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. Managing them and making sure that they're not putting others at risks and blah, blah, blah. So everyone has their own perspective. I'm not saying there's a right or wrong way, but it's making you look at it all. And Mm -hmm. it's really making us assess on a collective level, what are we doing here as humans, as mothers, as fathers, as partners, as workers as people who contribute individually and collectively on some level what is actually happening and what do you want to be happening instead Mm. so it's a huge opportunity for us to like wake the f up to really wake up and choose differently. We are not going back to the old ways. I know everybody wants that. Maybe not everybody. A lot of people do. It's not happening. It's not meant to. It's going to be better if we learn from it, if we grow with it, if we unify in it, if we support one another through this. And then there will probably still be some other things that pop up to further awaken us, to Mm -hmm. further cause shifts, but it is all for our highest and best in every possible way. And it doesn't, what's for your highest and best doesn't always come in a pretty box with a bow. Mm -hmm. Most of the time it comes as you know a really smelly rotten piece of turd because that you will remember (laughs) that you will pay attention to and that you will definitely do something with (laughs) for sure (laughs) for sure amazing fucking metaphors and analogies today Maria I'm loving it and um yeah like that was one of the first like rule. Okay. I'm not going to say rules because that kind of boxes us in, but that was one of the first warnings that I got when I, when I broke into the spiritual community. If you, now that you know that you have psychic gifts, just like everybody else, now that you know that you have access to God's word or the universe's nudges, you have access to your intuition. If you knowingly ignore that and go against your intuition, if you knowingly keep habits that you know are not for the best, the sledgehammer is going to come down 
It's not going to be a tickle. It's going to be a sledgehammer. That's that is a quote from The Big Leap, I think, which was a book that I just that I was just talking about before we started recording. But yeah, it's going to be bad. <laughs> it's going to be intense if you continue to ignore what you are already aware of. Yeah, that's how it goes. So Maria, I am curious if you would like to talk about how the pandemic affected you personally and what realizations you had individually. Yeah. So I shared this with you the last time we chatted and, you know, this is my experience. So I was pretty excited about it because I knew it was going to be transformative. I could see what was possible on the other side of it. So I had a lot of excitement around it. Now I chose to go on social media and share this excitement and got a ton of backlash because people were in fear and scared and not know what, not didn't know what was going on and why am I excited? That seems really twisted, but truly that's how I felt. I felt a sense of peace. I was not afraid and I was in trust with it. So I ended up going through a pretty big change because I ended up moving across the country during the pandemic and during a time when we were not supposed to leave our here in Canada, leave our home provinces. I moved to a place where, and I drove across the country. So I was crossing through every possible province, (laughs) (laughs) not technically supposed to. Right. And I did that three times because I visited and then I moved (sighs) And I moved to a place where I didn't know anybody to a way of living and a lifestyle that I had never done before, at least not in this lifetime. And I left all of my security, like completely all of it gone. I, the universe didn't even want me to bring my things with me. Mm -hmm. I was trying to find movers and get things coordinated. And I kept getting blocked down to, I was two months out from moving And I had to sell, donate, gift all of my possessions, which were all fairly new because a year and a half prior, I had left my marriage. Mm -hmm. So I bought all new things and the universe was like, nope, we're (laughs) not bringing any of your past with you. Mm -hmm. Get rid of it. So that was really uncomfortable and scary and stressful probably didn't need to be as stressful as it was. I feel like I could have picked up the cues and gotten and done it earlier, but my ego had some things to say about it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it required me to come here. Now I did not have an easy year and a half. I'm, I love traveling. That's one of my biggest passions. I, you know, came here wanting to meet people and have luckily had the opportunity to, but have also been forced (laughs) by the universe to look at every part of me that allowed me to create my old life. Even all the things I thought I had still let, I thought I had already let go of. Mm -hmm. I haven't, I clearly, there was more to shed Mm -hmm. and I continue to shed and I continue to be in awe of the things that are still under the surface. And I feel like that goes on pretty much our entire lives in many ways. But I feel like the pandemic allowed me to step even more deeply into my purpose, into my self-trust, into my trust in the universe. 
And I feel like because of that, I can that much more be of service and help people on an even deeper level because I went through everything that I did. Fuck yeah. Very brave, Maria. Very fucking brave. That is the word that keeps coming up as you share your story. So when you have these situations where you notice more layers need to be peeled back and you you sound like you have really honed in on your self-awareness skills. When something comes up where you're like, okay, I need to explore that. Can you tell us how you navigate that? And I'm guessing this, does this also align with what you work on with your clients? Yeah, for sure. It does. I'll give you an example of something that came up yesterday. And it's, I laugh because you're like, (laughs) like, it seems like you, you have really great self-awareness. I'm like, yeah, I do. And it sucks sometimes because Mm -hmm. you just, sometimes you just want to exist and not worry about it. And I know (laughs) everyone listening and yourself included, Emily can relate to that. So yesterday I had an experience that just reaffirmed something that I'm working on, which would seem like a seemingly small thing to take place, but the example is coming up for a reason So very blessed to even be able to do this. I went to a local lake yesterday and they had an art festival on the lake. So they had Mm. different docks set up with people painting, musicians playing, and everybody was either on paddle boards or on boats. And I don't have a paddle board or a boat or any kind of motor any kind of vehicle for the water (laughs) quite yet, because I just moved out here. So I had a tube, just like a floaty, no paddles, nothing. But one of my friends generously offered to tow me on his kayak. So he tied me to his kayak and he's paddling me around this lake against the wind, like really giving it. And as I'm being towed, lying there, like literally just laying back (laughs) on my floaty, (laughs) I could have been eating a sandwich. Like I'm doing nothing. People are reacting, right? Responding in different ways. Mm -hmm. Some are making jokes being like, oh, wow. How did you land him? Or, oh, your highness, please come on through. Damn. High five. Great job. So it was different things were coming up and I started to feel shame. I started to feel ashamed of the situation that I was in. And I was very aware of this shame coming up, knowing that I didn't have to be in the shame. I I knew that in the moment. I'm like, this is a pretty amazing experience that you're having. And this shame has the potential to completely ruin your experience. Mm. Now, just because we're aware of something doesn't mean we just go like, shame's off now. Pain's off now. Grief's off now. (laughs) Doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. We have to honor it and we have to feel it and we have to be with it. So I got to be with my shame. I got to be with my shame for the multiple hours that I was there. And I still had a beautiful time and enjoyed my time. It was like, okay, like there's a lot more work to do about this. Mm -hmm. And I have big goals for myself. One of my words of the year, my intention for the year was visibility. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Wow. <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> what a tie-in. Yeah. Didn't even make that connection until right now speaking to you. And then here I am. Everybody is looking at me. Mm. Not everybody, but as I'm going by the visibility, I cannot hide. I cannot hide yes. in this tube. So recently I have really felt my shame. If in some ways it feels like I have a shame stamp on my chest mm. and this is like, this is not only lifelong from just feeling like an outcast immigrant to uh, a child of an alcoholic to being an only child, but this is also many lifetimes also being a woman mm. ancestral yada yada so it's mm. it's there and we all carry shame on some level so for me and how I guide my clients as well but I'll speak about it in the personal example because it's a bit more relatable is now I know I have to be with my shame and get to the root of at least where it started in this lifetime and it's not just like because I know clearly I know right mm-hmm it happened in my childhood. Some people don't. That's a really powerful place to start. But then it's bringing in my inner child and feeling the shame that she felt mm-hmm. at the age that she was at. Mm-hmm. So remembering and embodying in a way. So it's, so what I would do with clients, for example, is have mm-hmm. them close their eyes and remember the situation. Maybe there's a standout moment. One that's coming up for me is I've always had a naturally muscular build mm-hmm. and being teased for my legs being too muscular in grade two. Mm-hmm. So that was like one of the things added to my shame list. And going back and into that moment where I was in the library and this kid named Chad came up to me and said, hey, you have fat legs or your legs are big. And the fury that I felt and then the sadness that came of it. So Mm -hmm. it's going back. I'll have clearly I still have some work to do, but going back into really feeling all of the energy, all of the emotions, the experiences that you've had, especially the beginning ones in your life that felt similar to what you were going through right now. That really helps in identifying what's at the root of it. Mm -hmm. And then there's almost like the self-parenting component as well. So, okay. Talk to your inner child, talk to the little version of you and speak to her in the way that she needed or he needed or they needed to hear then, right? Yeah. You, you know, you are beautiful as you are. You are worthy as you are. Your worth has nothing to do with the way that you look. You are strong. You are whatever it might be. You will know best for yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's asking yourself, yeah, what were those things? What were those things that I needed to hear and and bring those to you? And then keep staying in it. Mm -hmm. Keep returning to it. If you don't know what, what the origin is, that's completely fine too. Just start with being in the feelings of it. Set a container 
And what I mean by set a container is go into a room, create a space for yourself where you can be alone, put on some music or just lie down and breathe. If you're putting on music, allow your body to move in whatever intuitive way it wants to. You can always start with your hips. We carry a lot of our emotions in our hips and allow the emotions to surface. Just allow it to be felt like, and like, for me, when I connect with my shame and like what I'm feeling right now is like that fury again, that anger. So when I'm embodying my shame, what I would do is yell at the top of my lungs and tantrum, like stomp my hands, my feet, flail my arms. Maybe I'm pounding my hands on the floor. Like those are the visions that I'm getting Mm -hmm. because that helps me just feel and express what I didn't get to express about it in my childhood. And sometimes what we don't feel like we get to express in the moment as we're going through the things as well. So I'm not sure if that really fully answered your question, but definitely the biggest parts are feeling it, getting to the origin of it. And then the reframing, the self-parenting, the immense, immense compassion and self-love and giving yourself exactly what you need by listening to what your body is sharing with you. And whether it's rest or tears or tantrums or whatever it is, making space to do that in a way that is healthy, that doesn't, you know, you don't want to bring the whole house down with you and where you can just let go in whatever way that may look. Hell yeah, totally. Oh my God, such useful steps. I really value, I love every conversation I've ever had on this podcast, but I really fucking value when our guests on here are generous to the point where they give our audience specific action steps. That's so beautiful. And action steps can look like any type of communication, but you just set out, Maria, just such clear steps for us to start with, which is so important. That validation of ourselves, it's fucking life-changing. And I imagine it helps your clients so much to have you to hold their hand as they fucking go through it. Because if you go through it yourself, sure, some people that might be the best thing for them and that's amazing. But I know for me, when I was going through this fucking trauma work, I was like, I do not know what this feeling means. I don't know if it's normal that I'm crying this much when I'm not crying for a couple weeks at a time. Is that normal? I needed a fucking mentor to tell me what, how, what, how, how do I navigate all of this? Am I crazy or not? You know, has this happened to you? Has this happened to you? It, it must help your clients so much to have you there with them. Right. Mm. Thank you. I hope so. I feel it does. I I know what helped me in my process was I'm someone, I don't want to say I am someone in the past and my tendencies are to put walls up. And for a good chunk of my life, I didn't allow myself to actually feel because I got teased for for crying by my parents because they were trying to lighten the mood by singing a crybaby song, instilled more shame. Mm -hmm. Don't cry. Anger was the only acceptable and joy emotion in the house. And that was still a little bit, not that acceptable. Mm -hmm. So 
I remember when I started going into this work, it was like, feel like you need to feel your tears. I'm like, I I don't have any, I don't have pain. Like I'm good. I'm good. Mm -hmm. I've healed my father's stuff. I've healed da, 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 da. And what was really supportive for me was also to have someone there to giving me so much love and compassion that it literally made my shell just crumble Mm. because I was not used to that. It was Mm. like, I was holding everything. And for someone to just be like, I love you. I see you and hold my hand Mm -hmm. just it broke me, but in the most beautiful, broke me open. So even that part, I feel like we all need more of, we mm-hmm. all need more physical touch. We all need more of that loving compassion. And, you know, if you can't or choose not to work with someone like myself or another healer, just find, at least find a friend or someone that you trust or a family member And just ask them to love bomb you or hold you and just witness you as you are without any judgment and so much love. And that alone will heal. Heal will heal you. Mm. Oh my God. Yeah. That's so beautiful. How you describe that. It's you really hit the nail on the head. It, It brought me back to A very specific experience I had just over a week ago, maybe it's two weeks now, I had an appointment with a like a Reiki practitioner chakra aligning session. I don't usually do that. I just I think it's cool. I just don't usually prioritize it. I was on this retreat. So I got this appointment booked. And it was a very vulnerable experience. I had to take all my clothes off and just wear this little like robe, this like little like towel thing. And I was like, okay, all right, this is different than any Reiki session that I've heard about, but all right, let's do this. I felt comfortable and safe. I, so I did it. And this practitioner held my body or like he like he did like a really rough massage on my back but also like put his hands on my body in such a way that made me start completely bawling and it was like everything was coming out of my face I've told my audience a little bits about this my email list knows about this experience but the part that I haven't really told many people about yet was that I realized a big part of that was that I hadn't been touched like that I think ever before in such an intimate setting with someone I've never met before, but it touched me on such a deep emotional level because it felt just supported and completely neutral and not judgy at all. And just like this space where I can, um, where I can be supported and that's it. Like that's it. And you really spoke like directly to that when you were just saying the words that you were saying, Maria, like, a lot of us have never been touched in a way that was that that is so objective and thoughtful and like objective but at the same time thoughtful and at the same time compassionate you know what i mean it's like a thoughtful objective touch and a selfless touch by the other person you know like just for you that and like non-sexual like that just meant so much 
And you really spoke to that. I thought that was really beautiful. And and does it sound familiar what I'm saying, like what you have experienced before, Maria? Yeah, for sure. What I kept what kept coming up for me when you said that was, you know, we're all sensitive on some level. I have a feeling, Emily, that given how sensitive you are and how much of an empath you are, that your audience and the listeners right now are probably vibing on a very similar level yes and are equally sensitive so you we pick up on and I'm a highly sensitive person as well we pick up on people's intentions Mm. not only when they're in our energy field but even more so when they're touching us Mm. and what I feel like really stood out for me and what you were saying is the selfless touch. It's almost like touch without an agenda. Yeah. Touch without, I want to get you somewhere or I want to get something in return mm-hmm. or cause even, even as a parent, sometimes you might be hugging, touching with an intention. Sometimes even the intention of, I just want to soothe this person Mm. can feel like too much. What if it's like, I'm just hugging you to Mm. witness you and be with you with wherever you're at. I don't need to fix anything. Nothing needs to change. Here I am with you. How different Mm. does that feel? (laughs) Amazing. Like, oh, it stirs up an emotional reaction in me just to hear you say that. It's like the pressure just unloads, right? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, and I've been on the receiving end of that and like I cry and cry and cry and to cry and feel like there's no deadline and there's no time limit and that nobody's going anywhere is the absolute biggest gift. And for some of us, it could have started even when you were a baby, you knew on some level or you were trained that if you kept crying for long enough, eventually you would just get put down and left, Mm -hmm. you know, or not, or, or not, but we need it. We need it so badly. And it's a gift that we can all also give each other as well. So true. A lot of truth in what you're saying right now. This is some deep shit (laughs) Um, and some very true stuff. So, and it's interesting because we're kind of segueing into maybe relationships. I would love to talk about how you navigate through relationships and how you speak with your clients on this topic, whatever is surfacing for you, Maria. Oh, anything in terms of relationships. So what's coming up for me right now, specific to this in relationships is how often are you showing up in your relationship with an agenda? Mm. How often are you going into a conversation, going into a date, going into a physical reaction, geez, a physical interaction Mm -hmm. with an agenda. And they feel it. Whoever Mm -hmm. you're in a relationship with, whoever you are interacting with, they feel it, even if they are not conscious of it. And the energy that you're bringing and the energy that you are creating on some level is not going to get you 
what you want. Okay. It might get you what you want, Mm -hmm. but you are not going to feel that love that you are truly desiring Mm -hmm. because there's an agenda. And I do a lot of work around teaching about your authentic self and who you truly are and showing up in that authenticity. And this is a part of it, right? This is a part of it. It's when you show up with an agenda or you try and be the right partner, Mm. (laughs) the good lover, the hot date. (laughs) Yeah. And they come to you and they're like, yeah, I'm digging that. That's great. I love that. You're not feeling that fully. The person you've created, you know, Glennon Doyle calls it your PR representative, you know, that person is feeling it, but there's like a dissonance. There's a gap between the person with the agenda and you. So you don't fully feel the love. You don't fully feel the acceptance. And if anything, it creates, forces you to create more of that persona, more work, more effort. And then you get pissed or heartbroken because you feel unloved, because you don't feel seen in your relationship, but you will never feel seen and fully loved in your relationship unless you just like allow all of that stuff to fall away and melt away and show up in your truth without an agenda, without an objective. I'm not saying your agendas or objectives are negative or like, or positive. It's just authenticity is authenticity. It's your, Mm -hmm. it's your raw unfiltered truth. So that's really what's coming up for me in relationships, because often we are looking to be healed Mm -hmm. in our dynamics and (laughs) we're not going into it in our fullest presence and our fullest truth. And the healing is not for your partner to bring. It's for you to do in your own time with your own self and then show up in your relationship in your rawness. And that can look like I'm doing some really deep healing work right now. I feel like a piece of shit today. I barely got dressed. I don't know what to do with myself Mm. and just stand there and let them see you in that. Like, yeah. And the way that they respond to you, don't take it personally. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say, (laughs) right? Because that might trigger them. That might bring love forward, whatever it might be. But like, you just making that choice to stand in your truth is already healing you and empowering you on such a deep level. You may not feel it in that moment, but I promise you it really is. And if the relationship doesn't work out, whether it's romantic or whatever, or platonic or sexual or whatever, if it doesn't work out, then that's again, for your highest and best and Mm -hmm. somebody else will come to you in their rawness and in their truth. And that'll feel way way better. Yeah. So much easier. Like it's never easy to not feel good, right? It's rarely easy to not feel good and have to communicate that to your partner, but so much easier to have someone that just fucking accepts you that you don't have to be like, Oh my God, are they going to like 
freak out or what are they going to do? And to just know like, yeah, they've, they've seen this before they see, they've seen this side of me before and it's okay. Like, God, that's healing in itself. Like, like to have, to have the ability to be yourself in a relationship can. Okay. Curious to hear what you think about this, Maria, because it's just coming to me now being yourself in a relationship can spark some healing in like because of that relationship, because you are being yourself and seeing that reaction and feeling accepted. What do you think about this? Yes. A hundred percent. So when I say the healing work is for us to do on our own, not like in solitude, you know, it's, it's the responsibility of the healing is, is an individual job, but the healing will come in connection in unity and that's that's what we're made of like we're literally humans are collective loving unified beings that is our truth that's the way we're built so that's needed for us to thrive and that again (laughs) it's what's coming up for me is what's happening in the world like what will help every single person is more of that unity because that's what we need so yeah that's what comes through for me when you ask that question. I love it. I love it. And it's really, it's something that has also been a big thing in my life, like feeling like the fucked up one, you know, I have a rough past. I own it. I like it, but there's still sometimes this little feeling that I notice sometimes of fear of being the fucked up one, like that other people are looking at and saying, Oh, she probably needs therapy. Yikes. Or like, she definitely needs therapy. Yikes. And I think, um, I think that that's a lot of people's fear in one way or the other. Maybe it's not like the fucked up, really roughed up one, but maybe it's like the weak one, or maybe it's like, like too emotional, too girly, too whatever, like too for guys nowadays, I think it's also fear of like being like too like toxic masculinity. When anger comes up, they worry that they're being too toxic masculine. Like, man, our guys in this world, they're fucking trying their best. A, a lot of guys in this world, especially Western world they're trying their fucking best and they're go they're also going through their own form of shit right now too right my my audience is all different genders but like that's also important to note so it's just so beautiful that you that you note this and you remind us that like this is a practice to for a reason to notice what comes up and like to ask us ourselves, is that really true? Like, do I really think that I'm the fucked up one mm-hmm. and everybody else is not? Or just because I, I feel like this some days that means like, oh shit, she needs this or she needs that, or she's, she's this or that. Do I really want to believe that? Cause it sounds like a lot of bullshit to me. If my friend told me that I would be like, mm, no, that's not you. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's so important. I think to ask these questions to ourselves, One question that I had for you escaped me, Maria. I'm going to see if it comes back to me. In the meantime, how can we navigate through through these topics when we are single and like in the dating world? You know, like you mentioned, we need we need physical touch. We need companionship if we want this but we are in a place where we're single. Do you have any tips on how to navigate through that? Yeah, for sure. So, (laughs) oh, I love this. So connection. Okay. Sorry. Let me get, let me get my thoughts together. Mm -hmm. So we have this perception that 
yes, love needs to come from our partner and that it's outside of us and it is not, but we're talking about connection and physical touch and being together with other humans and doing this as a single person. Now, I think one of the flaws in Western society is that we do all live in our individual homes, very much separated from others. Like we community is really, really important. So if you're single, there's a good chance you live on your own and don't really interact with people too often and get to express yourself fully. So this is where the work comes in because society is not set up to create that for you. We have to, we have to put some work in. I'm single. I very much feel that. And I think it's reframing where you get that connection from, that it can come from a platonic source, that it can come from a friend that at times a masseuse can be a gift. You know, Mm -hmm. the last massage I went to, I was enjoying and savoring every minute of just someone, you know, touching my body because it was so beautiful and it felt Mm -hmm. so good. I'm a huge advocate of men's circles, of women's circles, of any kind of circles where you can gather and be in your truth and your authenticity and to be witnessed in it. Those are great places to build that connection, to practice being witnessed in in your rawness, in your truth. And then it's showing up for yourself like you would want others to. And I know that's super cliche and, you know, that's said a lot, but it's not just like, oh, you're sad. You should take a bubble bath and pour Mm -hmm. yourself a glass of wine. It's like, maybe you can have a bubble bath try and stay away from the wine if you can because it (laughs) takes you out of your body that you know that's what the movies show you to do Mm -hmm. but it's giving yourself the space and the permission and the love to have weeks of feeling like shit to rest more than you should to express to a friend how lonely you feel. And once you start opening yourself up to receiving that connection and that help and that love, the universe will deliver a hundred percent. The universe will deliver and you will be surprised at all the ways that it can come. And if someone hugs you and it feels good, tell them it feels good you'll probably get another hug or even a longer one, you know? So it's even in the smaller moments when you're in that truth. And then with dating, bring, bring who you are to the dates, mm-hmm. you know, like tell them what you're going through. You don't have to tell them your whole life story, but when they ask you, how are you doing? You can say, you know, I'm really nervous right now and I I had a really hard week, but I'm really excited to be here with you and just allow them to feel that, Mm -hmm. you know, and that'll be an invitation for them to do the same. Mm -hmm. They can either take the invitation or not. Again, it's never personal what they choose. 
But the more you practice that in every human interaction you have, the more you will have human interactions that feel healing and connecting and love-filled. Yeah. Woo, she's good, folks. I've got tears in my eyes. She's very good. You're very good, Maria. This is, wow, what a beautiful conversation. Fuck, like, I think we gotta, we gotta close this soon because we've touched on, it's just, I think it's been such a, such a deep episode. There's a lot to contemplate and I don't want to fucking gloss over this shit with another topic just because we have to talk about another fucking topic I did remember the question that I wanted to ask you so if we can revert back to our romantic partners or any kind of relationship what I was going to say and this is I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this are I'm going to talk about romantic partnerships, I think it could stem into any relationship, like I said, but I think I know for me, and I've heard about this for some other people too, romantic relationships really bring out the trauma in us. They really bring out the like shit that we don't necessarily want to look at. That for sure has happened to me. So I think this is a very interesting science. Anyway, I'm thinking about this initially in, in a romantic relationship. What I was going to say is they don't owe us anything, right? Like we don't need to get into a relationship in order for them to make us feel a certain way, make us feel safe, make us feel supported, make us feel happy, make us feel excited. That's our fucking responsibility. And then they just add to that. They connect with that. They harmonize with that like a beautiful orchestra or whatever the hell. What do you think about this? I fully, fully agree with you. And I know you specifically said romantic relationships, but the example that came up for me, it's not romantic, but with me coming into this lifetime. So my mom got pregnant because she wanted a baby. And what I've really felt to be true in my own journey is she wanted someone who would make her happy to come into this world, someone who would love her unconditionally. And no matter who, she didn't really care as much about the partner. Like it was very much so baby, everything's going to be great. And I was recreating that. I kind of missed that in my earlier story, but I was. Mm. And that feels like shit to be on the receiving end of. Mm -hmm. Because guess what I grew up believing? Nothing that I do is ever good enough because on a subconscious level, nothing that I do will ever make my mother happy because I am not responsible for her happiness. Mm. Now think about bringing that dynamic into a relationship, romantic or not. If you're like, you need to make me feel happy and you need to make me feel safe, then they are bound to fail Mm -hmm. because they cannot, they cannot, they can offer you safety. They can offer you love. But if that's something that's lacking in you on like a deep level, it's not going to come from someone else. It's not. And truly it's reconnecting with the love and the acceptance and the safety that's around you. You are, you are so loved and so safe and 
cherished as who you are, but I get it. It doesn't help to just hear that. But the second you take responsibility for it and say, this is nobody else's job, it brings a very different energy into your relationships and a lot of a healthier, more supportive one as well. For sure. For sure. That's beautiful. So Maria, as we wrap up here, I like to ask most of my guests this question. What do you think the root of health is? What do you think the root of our health? And this could be, you know, spiritual health, physical health, all of that tied into one, our health as beings. What do you think the root common denominator is? I feel that it is surrender. Mm. Surrendering to (laughs) what already is, which is unconditional love and Mm -hmm. safety and health and all of that. Mm -hmm. But also a, when I think of surrender and I think of unhealthiness, like they're opposite because surrender is really what I feel surrender is and how it connects to health is surrender is saying, showing, feeling that you know that everything that is happening in your life to you, with you, through you is for your highest and best. And that resonates on a very high frequency as does health. Mm. The different types of health, different levels, you know, physical health, more 3D, spiritual health, definitely higher but Mm -hmm. that's what it is to me. Yeah. Cool. Amazing. Maria, where can we find you? Where can we support you? If we want to work with you, how can we contact you? Thank you, Emily. So you can find me all kinds of places. You can find me on Instagram at Maria Juswin, which is J-U-Z-W-I-N. You can find me on my website, mariajuswin.com. Something that I always love to put out there because it's a really profound practice that you can do if you want to connect more deeply with your inner child and connect in with some of the, you know, the origin work I was talking about at what's at the root, even what's at the root of your personality and who you believe about yourself. Mm-hmm. I have a free guidebook on my website that you can download on there where you get many hours of work with your inner child. It also includes a meditation. Yeah. And I also offer one-on-one working with me and, and group programs and so forth. So If you want to find me, you definitely can. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Amazing. So many options for us. Maria Juswin, heart guide. Thank you so much for being here with me. This has been such a nice, refreshing. It's like a warm cup of hot cocoa, this Mm -hmm. conversation. Thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you, Emily. This was absolute joy. And thank you to the listeners as well for creating this space to allow us to connect in this way. I hope you loved this episode with Maria Jeswin, Heart Guide. I have all of Maria's contact information linked in the show notes. 
And folks, if you did love this episode, subscribe to this podcast, leave a rating and review, share this podcast with your community. Let's spread the word about self-empowerment. Let's do it, folks. And if you'd like to book an intuitive session with me, head to the link in my bio on Facebook or Instagram to do that. If you are interested in one-to-one coaching with me, message me on Instagram or Facebook. This episode was brought to you by Primal Alchemy. Head to primalalchemy.co.uk. Use the discount code ROOTAWAKENING at checkout to get 10% off any of the supplements and crystals. And find more information about Primal Alchemy's products on Instagram at Primal Alchemy UK. I am Emily Kosick, self-empowerment leader and CEO of Root Awakening. Thank you so much for being here. I am so grateful for you. I love you. See you on the next episode.